Again, we say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, just a great day to celebrate mom. We should be doing that every day. Because <laughs> they do so much for us. I know in my household, I could not make it without Sarah. Uh, she is the glue in our family that keeps things rolling and going. I appreciate her so much. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Got that. Let me get a few announcements out of the way before we get into the message this morning. Again, I, I'm so thankful to be able to kick off with baptisms, and uh, it touches my heart to see that happening because I know God's moving in people's lives and in their hearts, and they want you to know about it too. So if you've never been involved or never been baptized, we have a baptism class the first Sunday of each month. I encourage you to attend that, and you can be up here with us and get baptized also. Amen? All right, first-time guests, if you're a first-time guest with us, I just want to say something that I felt while we were worshiping and singing, maybe it, again, I'm hesitant on these things, but I feel like there's some people here that you don't know the Lord as your savior and this just might be your day to meet him. Amen. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, all the love, the joy, the happiness that you're seeing in people as we sing, that's for you as well if you don't know the Lord this morning. I want you to know that and know that he is available to you. Uh, you may be struggling in life right now and dealing with some things and hurting, but Jesus wants to show you his love and wants to be your savior. So keep that in your mind as we go about our service and we pray later. Uh, don't resist if the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart this morning. Do what he's asking you to do, all right? So first time guests, if you're a first time guest with us, welcome uh, to Orchardville Church. If you are, would you slip your hand up real quick? Right here, got some right here. So good to have you guys with us. If you will look in the seat, if you're in the front row, it's behind you. There's a card there. Just fill that card out and drop it at the welcome desk on your way out. We have a gift for you. We pray that you enjoy our service and you are blessed by it today. If you're watching online with us, thank you for joining us and being with us this morning. Promotion Sunday is today. We bumped that up because of Royal Rangers and Girls of Grace. So I'm going to ask you at this time, if you were a graduate of eighth grade, high school, college, trade school, Cosmetology school, whatever it is, if you graduated from something, go ahead and stand. Oh, come on, come on. Congratulations to all of you, and we pray God's blessing over you as you take this next venture, whether that's into high school or to college or to the workforce. We are proud of you. Amen. Yeah. Two of us are. <laughs> All right, tithes and offering, we're still dropping those at the welcome desk uh, in the lobby. So if you can continue to be faithful in that, we appreciate it. Uh, you can also text to give at 618-238-2388. And before we go any farther, let's just pray for the rest of our service, uh, for those decisions that I feel God wants people to make in their hearts this morning. We'll pray over our tithes and offerings also. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to be here. Father, thank you for giving us the health to be in your house, to worship together, to encourage each other. And God, we just pray over this offering right now, the tithes and offering, Father. We've, we thank you for the ones that can give. Father, we thank you for the ones that aren't able to. Father, just bless. Multiply these tithes and offerings, Father, so we can further the work of your kingdom. We just praise you and we thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for our baptisms today. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. And we thank you for mothers.
We thank you, Father. We just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys enjoying service so far? All right, we're getting there, we're getting there. Um, How many of you are thankful for your mother? I want to start out on a little bit of a light note as we get into this this morning. Um, And I want to start with some things that moms would never say. Things moms would never say. Here we go. I'm so bored, I wish I had something to do. Moms don't say that. Uh, Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. No, they don't get to say that either. If you make a mess anywhere, please just let me know so I can clean it up. I got a few here. How about raising kids is easy? You ever heard a mom say that? Mm. How about I never have to repeat myself? My kids are good listeners. It's okay to laugh in church. I just love when I find an empty box in the pantry or the cabinet. It's wonderful. I may do that myself, it's not just the kids. Just wipe it on your sleeve. (laughs) How about this one? Moms never say these things. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Don't worry about pushing in your chair. I'll get it. You know what? These couch pillows look way better on the floor. How about, I'm really not that busy. Or, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. Showers are a struggle at our home sometimes. We do have lots of food at home, but let's just go out to eat anyway. Sarah. (laughs) She never says that. She says the opposite. Uh, How about this for your kids? Things moms never say. Uh, Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Youth sports are so cheap. (laughs) Couple more. Can you crawl in bed with me around 3 a.m.? That would be great. Thank you. And one more thing that moms don't say. You don't have to hurry up. We'll be right on time. (laughs) Sarah says the opposite of that every week. Um, So just a little bit of lightheartedness to get started this morning. Again, I appreciate the moms out there. And I I understand that Mother's Day hits different ways for different people. Um, This is not something maybe in some people's lives that they celebrate for whatever reason. Maybe someone's lost their mother. So I'm sensitive to that this morning, and I understand that there's a grieving process, and that happens continually. And we want to remember those people this morning. And, and maybe you had an abusive mother, so you don't look at Mother's Day as something that I want to celebrate. And I get that, and, and we pray that you're able to get over that hurt and that pain. Or maybe you had an absent mother. So I want to be sensitive this morning uh, to everyone and understand that you know, as we celebrate Mother's Day, it's not the same for everyone. I mean, that's okay. It hurts for some, and again, some may be grieving on this day, but whatever it is this morning, I want you to know that Orchardville Church loves you, moms, and we appreciate you, 
and God loves you, and God appreciates you as well. This morning, I want to talk about a story found in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. As we look at what it means to be a Christ-centered woman, uh, this is just, you know, it is Mother's Day, but this message really applies to all of us. We should all be Christ-centered. Guys, I'll be uh, a little more harsh on you come Father's Day. Don't not show up that day. We have a responsibility, and we're going to talk about that on Father's Day. Um, again, Acts chapter 9, verse 36. And before we get into the scripture, you know, living a, a life centered on Christ is living life to the fullest. I believe that. When, when, when Christ is the center of every, everything we do, we are living life to the fullest like he would want us to. When he is the center. And again, I'm not speaking just to mothers, not only to the ladies, but to all of us this morning, that we want to be this way. We want to be Christ-centered. And we're going to be focusing on a woman named Dorcas. There it is. Every time you say that name in the Bible, people get a little, make a little fun of it. Or, you know, why would somebody name their child Dorcas? But anyway, this is in the personal ministry of Peter, the story we're looking at. And then this brief description of her life and her death and resurrection we see a woman that was living for Christ. So here we go in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, who is, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. So, the scenario here is, is up to this point in Acts, Luke's focus has been on, on Peter's public ministry to crowds of people in various cities. And Peter was always on the move, but now we get a picture of what he was doing in his personal ministry. Dorcas was a respected woman. She was a follower of Jesus who passed away, but rather than bury her immediately, as was the custom in those days, they, the believers placed her in an upstairs room, apparently hoping for a miracle. That's how much they loved this woman. That's how much they respected her, uh, how much they did not want to lose her. Because Peter was near, they knew he had the power of God in him, so they sent for him. And in this short amount of text that we read, there's a lot of things that we can see about Dorcas and things that we can learn from her. And does anybody know what Dorcas means in the Greek? Who said it? I heard it. Gazelle. Okay? You get an extra mint from the mint jar on your way out. Gazelle. And the first thing this morning that I want us to look at is a Christ-centered woman knows that her purpose is found in Jesus. 
A Christ-centered woman knows that her purpose is found in Jesus. Now, most people desire to have a full life. We all do. I want to live life, and I want to live life to the fullest. And we know life is supposed to mean something, and Dorcas found this meaning in Jesus. She was a disciple of Jesus, a follower, and a student of Christ. And again, her name means gazelle, which fits her perfectly, bouncing around doing God's work and leaping uh, wherever she needed to do God's work, whatever he called her to do, she was willing to do it. She was devoted to fully doing acts of charity, making clothes for people. That was her mission. That was her calling. That was what God was having her do. Uh, Very generous of her time, especially to the poor. And many of us this morning, we're guilty of adding things to our life to make it feel fuller. If I just had this, if I just had that, if I just could get married, if I could just get this job, if I could get that job, uh, we're guilty of trying to find our fulfillment in things that the world has to offer. That wasn't the case for Dorcas. It was found in Jesus. But I think sometimes the more things that we try to add in our life, the emptier we feel. When we're not focused and centered in on who Jesus is and who he wants to be in our life, we're going to find ourselves running on empty a lot of the time. That I didn't get all the fulfillment and joy that I thought I would get with this. What's wrong? Or I I took this job or I married this person and, and it just didn't fix what I thought was wrong with me. It's got to be centered on Jesus. Everything you do when you pick that job, when you marry that person, when you're in that relationship, when you do this action, everything has to be centered on Jesus. What would he have me do here? What would he want for my life? And the secret for us this morning is you don't add Jesus to your life. He has to become your life. He's not just something we add in and go to every once in a while. He is our life. When when we give our life to him and we say, Lord, I surrender my heart to you, that is our commitment. I'm 100% in with you, Jesus. From this point forward, everything I say, everything I do, I want it to be submitted to your will. I want to walk where you'd want me to walk. I want to do what you want me to do. 100%. Again, the fullest life is the one most centered on Christ. Ladies, again, not just the ladies, if you're available to do God's work, You are a Christ-centered woman. If you make yourself available to not be so busy with everything else that you forget what God wants you to do, you're a Christ-centered woman. You focus in on him. Dorcas was always doing. She wasn't thinking, waiting, or planning. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning. My wife will plan a vacation up until the week we leave. She's still doing it. And, And we leave in June, the first of June. I'm like, shouldn't you have that done by now? But she's a planner, and there's nothing wrong with that. But she wasn't so concerned with all the thinking and the waiting and the planning, but the doing. Dorcas wanted to do what God called her to do. Uh, She didn't want to waste the resource that God gave her and the calling that he put on her life. She made robes and clothes for others who now were grieving her passing. Each of them had this visible reminder of Dorcas's work in their lives. She was this woman that loved us and she did these things for us because of the love that God put in her. And now that she was gone, people felt this void and they missed her presence. Anybody been there? You just miss the presence of someone that you've lost. 
her absence created a hole in the church. And the widows who depended on her missed her. And, and this morning, I want to emphasize the important role that women have in the church. We have some great teachers Amen. of the word here in the church. Amen. We have some people that love on your kids like they are their own every single week back there in OC Kids. We have women that help out in the technology booth. We have women that are prayer warriors that are on their face before God, before anybody even walks in this building, getting a hold of him and praying on your behalf. And, and I, I, I appreciate so much, cherish, honor all of the women here in Orchardville Church that help out in whatever way you do for the church to help further God's kingdom. I appreciate you guys. I really do. And I know this church does as well. From the greeters and ushers to hospitality, I honor you guys. I, I really do. You are loved. I should get a hand clap of praise for the women in this church. <laughs> Come on, guys. I tried to lead you right into that. So. If you're a witness for Christ, ladies, you are a Christ-centered woman. If you're a witness for him. So there was, a, there was big crowds gathered to mourn her passing. And they, and they called out to Peter in urgency. So everyone was pulled in her direction. She had witness. She had influence. This woman's life and the testimony in Christ is what was pulling everybody together. And they remembered her witness and, and longed for it again, so they sent for Peter to do something. And her resurrection then resulted in many more people believing in the Lord, even today, using her story to talk about a Christ-centered woman even today. Now there's older people, older women in my life. Is that okay? Is that politically correct? I'm not the best at that stuff. I have uh, senior saint women in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that have influenced me with the, the role that faith has made in their life. Um, I have my mom who play, plays, still plays a big role in my faith because of the faith I've seen in her. I have Sarah's mom, who unfortunately passed away, but I, I saw in her, I'm going to talk about her later, faith and the role that faith played in her life um, when I was younger. I have a lady named Sister Baker. I still call her Sister Baker when I see her. Love her. Poured so much time and energy into me and loved the Lord. Like, just, I knew it. You could just tell she did. And... Here in the church, since I've been here, Karen Wason. Karen and I have several talks throughout the weeks about different things spiritually, some not spiritually, laughs, jokes. Uh, but she is someone that I look to that encourages me in the Lord. I look up to her and her faith that she has. Um, another thing to look at in this story, a Christ-centered woman finds her hope in Jesus' resurrection. Now, without Jesus' resurrection, we don't have what we have today. We don't have a hope to see Jesus again, but he, he did rise from the grave. We will see him again, and we have that hope in us today. Peter said to Dorcas, again, her Greek name, Tabitha, get up. And that wording is similar to what Jesus said to the 12-year-old daughter of Jairus. He raised her from the dead. He said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. 
And the people would have picked up on the similarities as Jesus essentially said, women, young and old, arise. Peter raised her up and showed the power of God in her life. And he called. He called everyone in and and there she stood, resurrected, Christ-centered and alive. And she was a follower of the God of resurrection. And again, that's that's our hope today. We have this hope because Jesus rose from the grave that if I'm a, a disciple of Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, one day I know heaven's not my home. My eternity is going to be spent in, with him. It's the hope that I have and I cling to every day. I told you I was going to talk about Sarah's mom. Um, and talking about, you know, as we look at the story of Dorcas, I think just from reading this, that her faith was evident to everyone around her all the way up until her death. Like even down to the last breath she took, I guarantee her life in Christ, her Christ-centered life was evident to all of those around her. Even at the very end. Now I talk about Sarah's mom who passed away from ovarian cancer. She never stopped loving the Lord. Despite sickness, despite chemo treatments, despite not feeling well, despite taking care of Jackson while he was in the hospital and helping Sarah with that, she never turned her back on God. And oftentimes, we go through struggles in life, we go through battles, And the first thing we do, instead of running to the one who our hope is in, is we turn around and turn the other way. We get angry. We get upset. And again, we're human. I've been there. I've done that. But I never saw that out of Glenda. Never. Even down to the last days where she was struggling to breathe and and just really struggling with things. You know, Sarah shares this story. I've shared it before that at one moment... It was the last couple days. She lifted her hands in her, in her bed, in the house, and said, thank you, Jesus. All the way until the end. And I, I remember her telling the kids, I don't want you to ever be mad at God if I don't make it through this. We may not understand it, but she made sure all the way until the very end that her life was centered on Christ. And she made sure everybody around her knew that. And we still talk about her today, about the woman of faith that she was. You know, as my mom's battling things now and going through what she's going through, I'm so thankful for everything that she's done in my life. I'm so thankful for what she's invested in me and poured into me to make me the man that I am today. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes uh, every day. But I'm so thankful for her and what she means to me and that I still have her right now. Um, And just, it's so important, moms, ladies, to make sure men that our life is centered on Christ. We want people to say that about us, to know that about us that my life is centered on Christ and he is all that matters to me. 
If I'm pleasing him, then I'm living a full life. Our praise team would come up this morning. You know, Carlin mentioned her earlier. Crystal Manahan was another one who had influence on my life, and I should have told her how much influence she had on me. That she was another one that, you know, as her health was deteriorating the last few years, I didn't ever hear her complain. She always had a hug for me. She always spoke positivity into my life. Uh, she was a light in this world. Uh, made a difference in my life. She was, Melvin. You know that. This morning, if you guys will stand, I want to stress again that this is not just a message for mothers. This is not just a message for the ladies. All of us in here, if you want to live life to the fullest, you live it for Christ. You live it sold out for him. You live it all in. You give him all of your heart. And the things that we've sung about this morning, this, this I thank God, this child of love, all the things that we're singing about, thank you, Jesus, for the blood, it's all about him. So if you're here this morning and your life has not been centered on Christ, there's hope for you. There is hope found in Jesus. And I don't want you to go another minute without knowing him, without experiencing that hope inside of you without knowing that joy that overflows as you live a life for Christ instead of this world. And I'm not going to tell you when you get saved that everything is perfect and easy. That's not the case because we live in a fallen world. And we understand that there's a flesh side of us and we understand that there's a spirit side of us. But we want to do our best every day that we wake up to follow his leading and his Holy Spirit. What would you have me do in this, God? What would you have me do in this situation? How would you have me speak? So if you guys will bow your heads. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what your son Jesus did for us on the cross. And God, as long as I'm alive, I want to do my best to be centered on him. I want to do my best to make you proud. Lord, right now there may be people in here this morning that don't know you, that don't know you, Jesus, as their Savior. And Lord, I want them to have that hope. Orchardville Church wants them to have that hope that's found in you. So God, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you, there's not, they just got a lot of questions, they're not sure about things. Father, let them be sure of one thing. They need you in their lives. Lord, they know right now that the life that they've been living is not one that's been fulfilling. Lord, tug on their hearts right now. Let them understand that you have something better for them. That you have a love and a peace and a strength and a joy that can only be found in you. Father, they can stop running to everything else and find it this morning in you. And Lord, as we pray, as we pray right now, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit moves and has a freedom to 
do what he wants to do in this place. Draw hearts towards you, God. If there's healing that needs to happen, Lord, I believe the stripes upon your son's back were for that healing this morning. Whatever you need of this morning, if you need to, to come to know the Lord for the first time, you want to be saved, I encourage you to come and talk with us. If you need healing in your body, if you know somebody that needs prayer, we are a praying church. We want to lift the name of Jesus this morning as we worship. Altars are open. In Jesus' name, amen. This is